could not be more professional. And now, back to Dave Goulet. <laughs> Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total photonic reversal. Photonic reversal. With your hosts, Conan Neutron and Brenna Betts. Coming to you from the heart of the historically hipster mission. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. I'm, I'm from the South. Nice. I'm a Southern Belle. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. I'm known for many things, and strong invectives are one of them. Conan, you have a lot going on right now. It means something. Well, we all deserve to be recognized. See anything wrong with, you know, being into the stuff you're into. 150 people with a massive crowd, you know. We'll sing you a song. He may be led astray. Meatloaf has a Christmas album. For one, what an excellent professional segue that was. Well, I'm very curious about Math Rock. You know, I kind of know the town man for Rob Zombie. I'm presenting you the illusion of choice. We will impress you later. Yeah, it's a very good question, and I like it because of the beginning, the middle, and the end. Could not be more professional. Get you pumped up. We have answers. I just want to bring something up that I noticed via postings on the internet. That's like a science thing, right? That's right. Yay! Yay! Hooray! Her Jamustus, we're back. So, somebody had the nerve, the audacity, if you will, to complain about the length of the theme song in in uh, one of our iTunes reviews. To which, huh? We have iTunes reviews. Yeah, exactly. We do. Not many. Uh, it's the only. It's the only one that isn't five stars. Which I'm like, thanks, Dick. But it's a. Uh, to, to that person, I say, you have no idea what I'm doing during all this, sir. I'm, I'm like, it's like a spinning plate act around here, Radio Net World Headquarters, trying to trying to make the magic happen, to bring you entertainment, the kind of entertainment that happens every week, Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, coming to you on Radio Note. We have a special guest today, Brenna. Hello, Brenna, by the way. Hi. By the way, hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. Do you, do you, do you like my little rant? 
Mm-hmm. I was just thinking how how much I appreciated how long the theme song was there because I was doing a bunch of stuff. And I, was, <laughs> I, I figured I, I never actually mentioned it, so I, you know I might mention it now. And then I did. Was we, that why it wasn't a five star review? Because it's, of the yeah, of he song. gave us a three star review, which I'm like, oh. really? Wow. That's well, okay. That's better than one star. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, I really would have hated the uh, the length of the theme song then. Uh, we have we have Bob. Bob Adam, how are you doing? Hi. Good afternoon. He is one of the filmmakers of the mighty. Uh, oh, yeah. there we go. That's better. Oh, there you go. Your people, your Colossus of Destiny, uh, Melvin's documentary, and uh, we're gonna also be speaking to uh, Ryan Sotherby, who's the the other filmmaker for this incredible movie, years in the making that nobody's seen yet. That nobody that I have not seen, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it when it is time to see it. How many years? Uh, enough. Yeah, I mean the idea (laughs) the idea was in my head for about seven years. I start I kind of started putting it in motion. Now, wow. That's a while for something to m- marinate. Yeah, I was very busy. So I'd ah. do little bits here and there. And mm-hmm. like, oh, I got to film. I got to film. And then, so the last two and a half years has really been the, you know, the real making of it. Mm-hmm. And how this came together is that you guys kind of independently both have the same idea to put together a documentary. Forgive me if I'm speaking out of turn here. Is that? Yeah, right? yeah. I, I kind of had, I, I had my idea. I'd say about seven years ago, um, I went on tour with the Melvins in Europe, and the day before I left, I went and bought a, just a little handheld video camera, and I'm like, I'm going to start filming these guys, you know, right. get some footage together, and and then eventually, like Dale and Buzz, were like, well, what do you, what do you do with this? So I'm like, well, I'm going to make a film about you guys one day. Yeah, 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 yeah. A bunch of people have said that before. We'll believe <laughs> it when we see it. I'm like, well, I will. So. You know, I kept filming after for a bunch of years, and I started doing a few little interviews, and then, and then Dale told me uh, about Ryan up in Portland. He'd been down in LA at their rehearsal studio because he was a friend of Mike Dillard's, and Mike had hooked him up with them to do an interview. Mike Dillard, the, of course, the original drummer of the Melvins. Yeah, because very early on, 1983 yeah. style. Because Ryan's originally from Montesano, Aberdeen area, same as the band. Sure. So he'd known Mike for a while, and he's like, I want to make a film. So Mike hooked him up with those guys. And so he did a, a couple of days of interviews with Buzz and Dale, and Buzz, Dale, and Mike. And uh, and Dale was like, you know, well, you better be quick, because there's other guys doing it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like Almost uh, like a right. documentary arms race yeah, almost, like, right? <laughs> let's see who can do it first. And I, you know, after who were it best? <laughs> after thinking about it and talking to... Dan Raymond, who's Buzzy's friend up in Seattle, and Brian Walsby, you know, they they talked right. to Ryan a little bit and said, you know, you guys, you know, you should just have a chat. And so I scoped him out a little bit, and we met. He was he came to the Great American Music Hall show on New Year's Eve, two and a half years ago. Okay. And, and I went up to him at the end end of the show. He was hanging around, and I said, "Oh, the other guy wanted you're making a film, right?" And he like looked at me like, "Who told you that?" <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I, I hear things. I'll kill him. I'll kill him. <laughs> and we just, you know, I said, well, I've, I've had this idea for a long time. And I think it was one of those, I needed a, I needed a push to really get going with it. Well, yeah, because probably at this point, there, you know, you had no one accountable to other than yourself, I no. would imagine, right? So I you, mean, need, you, th- you need something to fire off. Right. And Ryan, you know, Ryan, I mean, I, t- I tore with bands. I toured with bands forever. So that's why it was kind of slow for me to get this thing going, finding the time. And he, you know, he lives up in Portland. He's got a 
good union job and he was probably finding it difficult to find the time to do it himself. So just having someone else like, you know, let's just pull together. I mean, I've got this, you've got this, you film this, I film that. Right. Let's pool let, resources. You know. Sure. I mean, I, I just went out and asked. I said, look, if you're adamant, you're going to do this film on your own. Tell me now and I'll just walk away. And he said, no, no, you know, let's talk about it. So it was really good. That first six months of just firing ideas off someone and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what about this? What about, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. And Didn't you find your ideas matched, complemented? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just. No, you understand it, what I mean. Like, because there's a lot of different ways you can go with a documentary. Yeah. So, do you find you were kind of have similar ish visions to. Yeah, I mean, it was just. I mean, my my whole thing that I was talking about years ago was like, you know, why isn't someone made a film about you? you know, of more, course, yeah. More no, people need to know your story because it's a, it's a great story. You're a unique band in certain ways and you've influenced hundreds of people this needs to be documented properly yeah and, so many bands and it, and it's and it's a story that it's not it's not your typical vh1 behind the music type no. of story where like, you, you know, know and then mean, dale was in rehab for seven years and no none of yeah that. i mean it's not yeah it's not it's not a motley crew book right you know well yeah well i was down here with a it's it's just a it's a musical journey a celebration but it's also a lesson i think it's a lesson in how a band should operate especially in this day and age you know they, they've done everything right. they've been through every circumstance you could imagine and they're still going stronger than ever and it's just one of those people need to see this not just you know it's not hey this band with this they, they, they were part of this scene then they broke up for 12 years and now they're back here's the reunion thing we're going to follow around it's like these guys have never stopped and they've never sucked Right, they might have got a little weird at times for some people. Sure, but they've never so. But it's never been bad. It's always been kind of like. And I don't know any other band that you can say that about for thirty-five years. The Rolling Stones, you know what? They suck. The fall off was pretty bad. Yeah, David Bowie, he kind of sucked a little bit in the eighties. Yeah, he he pulled it back together, but there definitely was. There's never been a period of like you know. Oh, that's when they went down the glam era, or that's when they right. inherited disco. It's like that hasn't happened, and that's very rare. Most bands get some kind of influence where they think we need to try this because it'll help us out. Well, and especially bands that have, have maintained vitality by keeping it creative, yeah, and, and kind of plumbing new things and finding either digging deeper into things they already have done or just trying new stuff and hey sometimes it works and sometimes yeah, yeah. sometimes less so but hey we tried it and let's yeah. on to the next thing and like the only other plumbing. the only other the, hmm. like plumbing is that we said plumbing you said plumbing I, plumbing yeah plumbing the depths yeah huh. i mean the, the, the only other person i want my plumber can... to be tried and true and to do it one way thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> sorry bob what, what I mean, were you gonna say i mean the only other kind of like model you could look at is is kind of neil young i mean he's just he does whatever he right. does and if nobody likes it he doesn't give a shit he's doing it for himself and those guys kind of have that they have that main vision like that i mean they want people to like it obviously but it's just like hey i hope somebody likes this yeah if you want to come along you're welcome to yeah <laughs> come along and i think that's why train. that's why they've never broken you know they've never broken the stratosphere of record sales and popularity and that and and if you think about someone like Neil Young, he did when he was in his early years. He did because he was writing, you know, folky music. It was more in the zeitgeist, sure. But as soon as he'd made it, he was just like, "I'm off this way now. See you later." And just would make these weird records that 
you know, my, my one of my favorite examples, speaking of, you know, young, is uh, with, with trans, yeah. which is such a, it, he's hanging out with Devo for one thing, and then he had a yeah. whole thing where he, his son responded to the, the vocoder. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I'm going to make a record with it. And then the record executive like oh just wish you just get back to what you should be doing which is rocking so he yeah. makes a record called everybody's rocking yeah that's just straight rockabilly record yeah which huh. is such a big awesome had, neil young f you well it's fine but the point is that like you know it was he just just that's what he wanted to do because like You're oh really you want rocking huh okay here's some rocking for you yeah it's gonna be called everybody's rocking and i think i think he, you know, he he's had record labels going. Well, you need to write this kind of thing, and and the Melvins have never wanted to be around that situation. I mean, just right. by signing to Atlantic, they were like, "Well, you do, you know, you do realize what we sound like, don't you?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's like, well, because we're not going to change, and and they didn't, you know. Yeah, we're not going to go try to write hits for you. No. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really imagine those guys changing much for anyone but themselves. But themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They both seem like stubborn or they all seem a bit stubborn in a good way yeah in a way that i admire yeah i'm stubborn and i'm i'm not gonna be any different and i'm fine with that yeah but they are trying you know they're trying to do different things they're not trying to be different just different things well Mm -hmm. well, what if we bring this guy in let's right oh that's good yeah yeah what if we do this let's strip let's strip it down let's do this a lot of bands could learn from this that's why it's one of those films where you no matter who you are and how long you've been around you need to see this film just to learn you know if you want to make money watch what these guys do right. if you want to be creative do this don't don't adhere to what's around the corner you think is the next best yeah thing. whatever the, the zeitgeist is, yeah. is is pimping at that moment in time and no it, it that's a important distinction because it, it seems like there's so few bands that work on that level that every time they have you know, they have this mothership formation that, like, you know, people are playing. I mean, as exemplified probably best by the most recent record where, you know, bass is loaded. They have, like, all these different yeah. bass, bass players playing with them, which is a great, great shtick. Great record, great shtick. And they just don't let themselves be slowed down by, oh, hey, Jared just had a baby. You know, okay, so he's not right. he's not on tour. So let's, you know, let's bring in our, our friend Pincus from the Butthole Surfers. Let's, let's just find yeah. different ways to keep working and doing cool stuff. And then of course that just doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen on the on the level they're at. So like when you see like the press or something react to it, it's usually like, oh well, there's been another lineup shift in the Melvins. Like, well, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, but no. And they learned that lesson. They learned that lesson in the early 2000s when Kevin when Kevin left. They kind of, you know what? We can't do this anymore. We you know we we can't rely on just the one person anymore. So they their vision was. Hey, we just roll with whoever we can roll with now. Right, not to be hampered. Fresh, yeah. And hey, you guys are going on tour with your band. You know, we 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 said we never wanted to break your band up. You know, you guys are big business. Go on tour. Mm -hmm. We're going to do this. Fine, and we'll see you again another year. All right, fine. I mean, that's that's very unique. It's (laughs) it's almost uh, like 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 it reminds me of well first of all it reminds me of one of the only things i like about like sort of that hippie mentality which i don't like any part of the hippie mentality but i like that part of it just to like okay there's certain things to be uptight about and certain things that shouldn't be and then there's really like a punk rock kind of it has to be these people doing this type of music and this label if it's not that then it's not true like i don't even know what you would call it but it, it's like authenticity to the point of like strict rule 
indoctrination, right? Yeah. You know well, where I'm going with this? I'm that's <laughs> the bad thing about the music industry. There's all these rules that got set in place. And it's like, well, who made these rules? Yeah, for who? It was, it was a bunch of guys back in the late 60s, early 70s yeah. who had no teachings about this. There was no guidebook oh, to no. managing bands or running record labels. They just swung with it. And it was like these rules were put in place. And it's like, well, oh, no, this is how you have to do it. No, it's like, got to be this way. Why? What? Oh, well, why? because Warner Brothers, we're not Warner Brothers are the people paying all the money, so they need these rules. It's like, well, no, no, that's not what it's supposed to be about in terms of art. And when it comes down to it, you know, music and art go together. And That's true. Um, it's, it's just to, you know, make your own rules. I'm going to move on right now. We're going to actually listen to something from Bases Loaded. This is actually the kickoff song and one of my favorite songs of the record. This is The Decay of Lying. We'll be back with, with Bob Hannum of uh, The Colossus of Destiny, Melvin's documentary.
right, that was The Decay of Lying by a little band you may have heard of called The Melvins. It's off of the record, Bass is Loaded. That is the most recent one, the conceit of which is that uh, there's a bunch of different lineups of The Melvins, a bunch of different bass players. Bass is Loaded. They also do Take Me Out to the Ball Game, which is the, the other kind of Bass is Loaded. And, of course, we are here speaking with uh, Bob Hannum of the Melvins Documentary. How you doing, Bob? Hanging in there? Doing all right. Doing all right. Now, uh, of course, uh, and some people have actually asked me, uh, they've asked me, Conan, where can I see this documentary? To which I say, person, hypothetical person speaking to me, go to themelvinsmovie.com and you will see all the listings we're going to put in the chat box right now. And, uh, moreover... Some breaking news. We have uh, tickets on sale, I think, for the Alamo Draft House for the San Francisco yeah, screening, tonight. right? They're going to be finally on sale tonight. Um, Fantastic. That's a weird way of doing business, if I ask myself, but I've been nagging them for about four weeks. Like, when are you going to put the tickets on sale for this? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, San Francisco. Uh, July, might want to see it. Who knows? Monday, July the 18th. <laughs> uh, Portland, Friday the 23rd. Mm-hmm. Seattle, Saturday and Sunday, 24th, 25th. Uh, there's a big show in L.A. on the 27th, Wednesday the 27th. We're going to do it at the Regent Theater. It's going to be part of this Don't Knock the Rock Festival that Tiffany Anders puts on. And That's one they're going to do. The, they're going to be doing a short set with that one, too. Yeah, right? we're going to do a Q&A with Buzz and Dale, and, and then they're going to play uh, a little set, 30, 40-minute set afterwards. And, uh, yeah, that should be really fun. And then the other ones we got lined up are in August. The the Melvins are playing Grumpy's in Minneapolis on the 10th of August. Mm-hmm. And we're going to show the film twice the next day at Grumpy's. And then the Psycho Las Vegas Festival at the end of August at the Hard Rock Hotel, which has got a killer lineup of bands playing. And they're going to show the film over the weekend um, down in the theater. So, a uh, quick correction, since I actually have it in front of me right now. Uh, Portland's on the 22nd, and then Seattle's 22nd. 23rd and 24th. You're actually one day off all right, all right. for those, but that's... I'm usually two days off. It's better than two beats off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we got that going right now, and you know what? everybody keeps asking, well, what about here, what about there, what about this? You know, we're just trying Show to it on the it moon. In. Show it on yeah. Mars. I yeah. mean, it's all about time and money. Um, you know, I have a business to run. Yeah, I was going to say, you fellas have... Day jobs, yeah, right. I mean, it's kind of. You're not just the Melvin's documentary. Right, as a day job, I have I have a weird job. I mean, you know, I run a merch company, so I'm 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 always on call. Do it, uh, you know? I don't know. Run into the post office at any day. Uh, yeah, or you know, time. flying out to the east coast because your road guy on a tour just had a heart attack, so you need to fill in for four days. Like, okay, yeah, I guess see you later. Um, <laughs> so we, I, you know, the, the aim is to try and get it out to as many theater screenings as we can um as i say the only hindrance is filling it in with time and you know money sure um, I'm, I'm excited to see it we, we have a tendency to, to interview people about movies that we haven't seen yet right here which like i really wish i would have seen speaking of grumpies and tom hazelmeyer i really wish i would have seen the color of noise before we had tom on right it was great <laughs> i have what had more to talk about specifically right in regards to the movie but that said uh having you know been part of the process of seeing you guys filming some of the stuff like seeing the the, the amount of things that i've been privy to see it yeah. looks fantastic and i think it's it's an interesting it's good i mean it it, it it's you know you, you don't want to 
pipe your own little flute the whole time. <laughs> uh, and it's interesting. Mm. I mean, you know, I've n- I haven't, I haven't, mm, interesting. I haven't, um, I've, you know, I've never made a film before, so <laughs> the process was new to me, and you get so far into it. And I, I guess it's the same with musicians making a record. You know, as, so, as soon as it's done, course, you kind yeah. of think, you know, I don't want to ever hear, listen to that record again. I don't want to see this film again. Yeah, you're, you're kind of so, onto the next thing already. Yeah, so yeah. stepping back from a, a, a little while of about a month, you know, a month or two months where the editing was finished, just some mixing needed doing the credits. And then taking it, we, we showed it in LA um, in the middle of May to, to the band and cast members of friends and family. And it was... You know, I was a little. I was. I don't really get too nervous, but I was a little well, it's, nervous it's, ten minutes before. Yeah, it's like, okay. It's like years of work that you guys have put into this. Yeah, and, and, and so, so, so actually, it seeing it on a movie screen with a good sound system and, and, and a live audience, and and you know, people start cheering and laughing out loud, and it's like. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. I guess that was kind of funny. And people coming up like, "Oh, it's really funny. It's a really funny film as well." And you're like, oh, yeah. "Okay, right." I don't know. I'm so numb and from you, that. Yeah, you, you, just, you guys are so close to it, though. You it's, just it's, don't you, realize. It's you, like, you can't even think of it as a movie anymore. No. It's just a. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> wow, I learned so much from this. Like, oh, good, good. Yeah. Did okay. you? Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so it, it it was very it was very fulfilling to you know have that reaction and 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 you know it's. For the for Buzz and Dale to like the thing, that was the main. I, I always oh, said, sure. like, yeah, so long yeah. as Buzz and Dale re- <laughs> like this film and and we like it, that's great. Job done. And and they right. really, you know, they really they really complimented it. And you know, Buzz came the next morning and was like, hey, you know, you did a really good job on this. And and you know, really, you know. Well, not, and that's yeah, that's great because especially when. You know, there's so much stuff to cover. I mean, how many how many years? Oh, is it, of, I mean, it's so hard. You I know, mean, like, what I mean, do you leave out? There's so much. <laughs> I mean, I have a hard time making a comp for people because every every year these fuckers put out a new record yeah. that has like some new song that needs to go on the comp, and I'm like, all right, yeah. what goes? Well, that was it. I mean, there's, there's such a you know 33 years and counting. I mean, it's just one of those you got to draw a line somewhere, and, and we kind of drew it. Um just less than a year ago they 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 were doing some they did some shows with Pincus last year i think yeah and i'm like all right we got to yeah. stop it got to stop it right now and then they went out with the big business of guys and then the steve thing came around and then there was the mike and the melvin thing and it's just like no 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 you know, this could go on forever you have to draw lines right. so so the line was drawn around i want to say a year ago i think i i was in yeah i was in new york this time last year, because it was my birthday, and those guys were in New York. They did a uh, book launch thing, and I f- there's some of that in the film. Uh, and, I mean, we interviewed Mike Kunker. Of Godhead um, Silo, also yeah. Mike and the Melvins. But there was just, you know, it's like there's no room right now. So that, that that's going to have to, you know, <laughs> that'll, DVD, be, that'll be a DVD extra. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it's going to be one hell of an extra's DVD, yeah. I think, with all the stuff you guys put together. And I, I don't know if these, I don't know if it was a truthful pissed offness in it, but I, I think we heard that, like, you know, I got up really early to do that interview and I'm not even in the film. And it's like, you know, so it's just one of those, you know, you, you, to which he's got to say, oh, Mike. Yeah. And when I showed, when I showed the, I kind of showed the, rough cut to Buzz and Dale back, mm-hmm. in, back in December and Buzz pulled me aside and said, you know, if, if this was my film, 
Only if it was my film, I would take 10 minutes out. And I said, well, where would I take that out? He's like, I don't know, because it's not because my, it's not my film. film. I don't have to make those decisions, right? <laughs> that, but, that's so that's you, you know, guys' problem. It's two hours long, <laughs> and I, 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 I don't understand why people would have, you know, if film festivals have a problem with that, which they apparently do, screw you. I don't care. It's like, I'm not going to cheapen something to 90 minutes. Again, who made these rules up, Hollywood? Oh, yeah, the big guy, you know, whatever. I'm not adhering to that. It's, right, of course. I mean, if I had my way, it'd be three hours, 20 minutes. And long. it would, I'm sure, it would be interesting the entire way through because yeah. the, the the material is is fascinating. Yeah. And that, that's I mean, there's so much that had to get cut out, you know, just from storytelling and, and, and situations talking about. It's just, uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard. It was hard. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot, there's a lot that's going to be on the DVD that people will be able to, you know, just someone might have only Go five on lines too. in the film, but they'll be like, you know, hopefully we'll put in like a four minute clip of them talking more in depth about, you know, sure. Get a little like more. That. Yeah. Get a little more because context. people do want to see that. I mean, I mean, you, you can't, you can't just make this film for the hardcore Melvin's fans or the, you know, you've got to, you've got to make it for people that have heard of the band. They've heard about Nirvana and that they were an influence. You know, these people might not know that much about them. So you've got to tell that story. But again, I'm, I, I adamantly didn't want to make a Hollywood style well let's cut it down to 90 minutes just so that you know everybody's happy with that it's like no yeah because it's it's gonna be the uh, you know the, the the King Solomon thing where you cut the baby in half is what that's gonna be yeah yeah and there's people missing from the film that you know didn't want to be interviewed and you know if, if we had interviewed them it's like well you know we would certainly have been a lot longer because you know you'd, you'd have three more bass players into the mix that wanted to <laughs> talk about their little exploits. So, right. Um, but at some point you got to draw the line. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, let's listen to another Melvin song and then we'll, uh, we'll get your partner on this, uh, on the phone, Mr. Ryan's other me. And we'll, uh, we'll be back with, uh, with Bob talking about the Colossus of destiny, Melvin's tale. <laughs>
song she did with yes it's, I it's agree. a very authoritative way to to end a song rick I ross hope. figured it out <laughs> half my record collection's got in there somewhere from back in the 80s yeah and just <laughs> randomly there's there's a lot of different uh yeah randomly is, is a little bit different than like just punctuating at the end for sure but i, I think it's uh it's notable when especially you have like any guy as i was saying off mic i, I I always call that one the you know, the military chanting song because it is kind of like you know a military chant, like sort of like when you're you're marching. I'm sure that's intentional. Yeah, I, 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 you think it's an accident? Probably not an accident. They may have thought of this before. They may they may have actually thought about it. Yes, and mm-hmm. of course, joining us by phone, we have the other half of this. It's a great documentary pair. This is a uh, Ryan Sotheby. Ryan, how you doing, man? Good. How are you guys doing? Great. It's uh, great to have you. Uh, we're talking to your to your partner here. Uh, I, since I've got both of you, I was going to save this to have, have both of you on. How did you settle on Colossus of Destiny as a title? Because what do you call a Melvin's documentary, right? Like, there's so much material to pull from over the years. Well, I actually asked Buzz. I said, "What do you? What, have you got any names to throw in, into this?" And he he said, "You know, I've always liked the Colossus of Destiny." It's a cool. I mean, it's a cool sounding name, but it's funny because it's like one of the it's one of the least popular. Uh, popular, yeah, least popular. There we go. One of the least popular records, and and definitely like, as a friend of mine once said, it's a bit of a harsh choke, right? Too, unless you know what well, you're. It's from you're one of his favorite from. books, 
by a guy called John Fante. And uh, the book, the book's called Los Angeles, and it's a, it's a line in the book that he took that from. Okay, so it's oh, I see. And I, I just you know I didn't want it to be the Melvin story, so I, I think tale is more of a yeah, you know, oh this could be true, this couldn't be true. It's more, it's a little fable kind of thing. So adding that on afterwards, I thought was a Melvin's okay. tale. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Ryan. Did we did we did we ever throw other names around? No, I don't think we did. Um, you, you came to me after talking to Buzz with that man and thought it was great. So and that was one of the easiest decisions we've had to make, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a tough-sounding name. Like, you know, even even if you don't know that record, like, it's still like, oh, the Colossus of Destiny. Wow, that yeah. sounds like, you know, Cast of Thousands and, like, old and it was, style. It was also funny, given, given artists, that we did the Kickstarter last year, and I gave, we gave I, I gave, like, the, title to the three artists that were doing posters for us one was brian walsby and that was that was kind of my because he's a big x-men fan and I yeah was he, the, the literally it was colossus of the x-men yeah, so yeah, i, I, remember, so I yeah. said to brian i'm like let's do a colossus and instead of an x on his badge let's do an m so brian came up with that one and then i gave i gave it to skinner to do and skinner just came up with this wacky little piece that he you know he does because he's skinner and I'm like, what's all this all about there? Well, you know, that that's the Colossus right there of Destiny, <laughs> the Melvins, and these are the little people. I'm like, okay. And, <laughs> and then Eric Roper did this kind of long-haired Viking kind of character. It's like, all right, well, there's a colossal guy. and so Everyone had their own sort of iteration. I, mean, yeah. I think actually, I think when we had... Big and powerful, I think, is the, the what everybody kind of went for, so... They're a very big and powerful. They are band. a big and powerful band with a with a big and powerful sound. Yes, mm. and I think the I think we actually saw them when we had Buzz and Dale on the show, uh, the Great American Musical. I think we they were even the nicest guys it could be. They were were even autographing the uh, the posters for right for the fans that had, had kicked in on yeah. the Kickstarter to help make the movie happen. Yeah, they were totally great about that. I mean, you know, Buzz always wanted it to make sure, like you know, this is your film, nothing to do with right. us. You know, we'll help out however you want, but we, you know, it's your thing. The Kickstarter's your thing. It was one of, and he still says it in interviews right now. Like, well, it's not our film, right? No, friends of ours made it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't make a movie about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. which, is <laughs> which they probably they they probably even could, but yeah, it's it's very it's an important distinction. Yeah, I mean, I mean sure. the fifty the fifty 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 one fifty one DVD that came out. I mean, it's that that that's their kind of take on things. I mean. Nothing's very serious in that thing. If you've seen it, I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, you know, it. I have it and I haven't seen it yet. I, right. I, but there's also only one DVD player in the house and it's on, it's on the media server and I just keep I keep forgetting I own it, right. to be honest. But uh, I think it's awesome that you guys are kind of doing the old school model. I'm mean, not that you really have a choice in the matter, but uh, the old school model of bringing the film just like these different cities and like having to be like, here's an event. Everybody come to the movie screening and come hang out with your fellow Melvins fans. And, and I think that's great. I think that's a, a, for a movie like this, I think that's a fantastic way to sort of build. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think you have to start, you have to start at the grassroots and build it up. I mean, you've got to give it to the, the people that know about this film already want to see it. The people that know about this band and their music, they want to see it. And then the after, after thing will, will spill out eventually. And, you know, you can get it up on Hulu or Netflix or whatever. Who knows? Right, right. Right now, it's it's still it's our baby, and I feel it's like you know we need to be in control of how we put this out for now. Right. 
and you know then then it'll take its own road after that but well okay so bob and ryan either you guys have experience using crowdfunding as a medium before no no i mean it was just one of those things i'd seen right and right about the same time as we put ours up i think l7 put the L7 documentary went oh, really? on okay. one as well. So I was kind of like looking at their page all the time. Like, oh, how much are they looking for? Really? That's it? And there's that's always... That's the, sm- smelly, t- smelly female t-shirt? That's it? Oh, okay. So it was it was just looking around at other other options. and Right. You know, um, thankfully having a little network of friends who could help out with artwork and... Yeah. You know, it was... It was it was great, and, and I say the band as well, you know. Well, yeah, and it's it's it, it kind of seems like because you guys had, and well, first of all, I don't think I don't think you could pull off the kind of rewards that you pulled off with another band necessarily. Right. Like that would would give that level of access. Like wasn't one of the things like you know go, do like a batting cage practice with yes. Dale? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is fantastic, and that's yeah, that sounds like a riot. It was a lot of fun. Everybody had a really good time. I mean, Dale had a blast because he, you know, he's a big baseball fan, and um, the, the yeah, I mean, just to be hands on like that. I mean, you know, it's a big favor to ask, and you know, luckily, I'm pretty good friends with Dale, and you know, if you don't want to do this, don't do it. You just right, he's like no, 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 let's do it. You'll be good. You do. Well, and it seems like yeah, they're they're very giving with their time for that, which is which is fantastic. Yeah. So how did you, as far as like live footage went, and and again, uh, Ryan, I'm not sure if you heard the earlier part of the show, but we were talking about how uh, it all came together with you guys kind of both having the ideas to make a documentary and then kind of joining forces together. Uh, And did you have like live footage beforehand? Like what, what brought you into doing this, uh, this part of the documentary? Like what, what brought you to and, this? Um, I started filming the band live in 2005 when I borrowed a friend's camera. And I just discovered I really enjoyed it, so I went and bought my own, and I filmed them every chance I could. And uh, I think it was 2008 when they uh, curated the Ultimaus parties with Mike Patton in Europe. Oh, right. right. I, went, I went over there and filmed a ton of footage there of them, and... That's kind of when I got the idea to, or at least maybe not the idea, but I thought, well, why isn't there a documentary on these guys? Because it really needs to be. And then the Cat Doc came out, the Mud Honey Doc came out, all these movies were coming out, and I thought, well, somebody's doing it. So I just waited and waited, and in 2012... <laughs> Keep waiting. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I thought somebody's got to be doing it, you know? I, I can't do it. I've never made a movie, so I'm just waiting, and... In 2012, I was talking about it so much, my girlfriend just said, why don't you just shut up and go do it? So I asked Bud, and he said, yeah, that's fine. Go for it, you know. And we started doing interviews. Um, I think my first interview was June of 2012. And then did that for a year and a half. Bob and I met 2014, New Year's Day 2014. Right after the moment, stuff in uh, at the Great American News Call. Nice. I think it was at that show, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and he just asked me if I want to join forces, and I said, "Yeah." I rather have two people working on this than one person. And I mean, he, you know, he's got different connections than I do. Right. And right. We both brought something to the table, so why not have two guys on this? So we took it from there. 
And how, I mean, is that conversation just that simple? Like, hey, do you want to do this? Yeah. I mean, was it, was, was it just. I think it was. Okay. It was just like, let's talk. Let's, right. let's yeah, talk. Let's talk some more. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's great. That's, <laughs> I think that's, I mean, that shouldn't be that surprising, but I mean, I think it, again, with, with other subject matter and material, I think you might find that be an entirely different sort of discussion. That, yeah. But then you guys are both first time filmmakers for this, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very, very much, much so. so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've never, See I've never that pattern we've got already. Um, <laughs> and you know, I'm sure that I'm sure there's parts of the film where you can be like, "Yeah, these guys are first time filmmakers." But, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, a... I hope that people realize that this is a labor of love. We're not back. We're not a film studio. We're not. We're nothing. This isn't our job. We're just two fans that decided to make a movie because there wasn't one being made. Right, there isn't a cat butt documentary coming like next year from the same team. No. <laughs> Although if there was, wow. <laughs> um, um, did, did I stun you with my cat butt reference? I yeah, think I did. Definitely. <laughs> I would, yeah. It's hard to get that image out of your head. Yeah, it, it really is. But they're one of those bands where you know to have some high gloss definition movie made about them with millions of dollars, and it's like yeah. that just wouldn't fly. You know that they, they they have certain garagey punky ethics that, you know it's DIY and and this film was basically you know well do you know how to do that well not really we'll give it a go yeah and you know, it's like, almost well, like I can call someone up to, to help out and yeah sure it, it's almost like you guys were sort of learning the process in the act of doing it right I yeah. mean that's kind of how it looked like from no, the outside not almost it was exactly like that <laughs> okay <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be insulting I don't know yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was Hell, a, we, we both learned it I had to learn how to make a website. I had to learn how to set the camera up properly. I had to learn how to how to mic somebody properly. And right. it's all brand new. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I, we've learned a lot, and it was a, it was a ton of fun. I mean, and you know, we when you finally see something like that, it's like, wow, you know, that was you know, it wasn't wasn't a nightmare. It wasn't toil and trouble a lot of the time. I mean, you know, like most people, kind of bump heads a little bit about things and um, yeah so i guess that's you're, you're sort of moving into a, a question for both you guys that you know was there any kind of like major is, i guess what i'm saying is is there it sounds like there's a delightful lack of acrimony or disagreement with with what's being presented but i mean with two different people you can have to run the risk of having two different visions did you ever have like I mean, there's hard decisions to be made with yeah. this much material, I, there was, right? There's certain things I think we we certainly locked horns about. I mean, I'm I'm very set in my ways, and you know, like I I, I think at the premiere I apologized to Ryan, like you know, I'm sorry if I was a dick some of the times, because you know, <laughs> I, and Ryan, were you like you should be? <laughs> um, no, no, I, I'm not. Gonna Damn. Do that, but. <laughs> You guys are never going to get a reality heads. show this way. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan, what? <laughs> no, no, we, we totally butted heads on things, but, I mean, I think that's all a good part of the process in making something work in the end. I mean, it almost, to, to a certain degree, seems like, you know, making a record together or something. Yeah, right. I mean, like so, I mean, it's sure any creative process, people go through that. I mean, you know, it, with a, I mean, at least there's only, there's only a... a, a the duo, you know, if there was four of us, God, I mean, I would have messed that with him. What would happen with that? You know, the knives would have come out, like someone pulling a gun. I mean, <clears throat> um, I mean, I'm pretty much an instinct guy. I follow my gut instinct, mm -hmm. 
And, you know, if someone really wants to tell me, you know what? No, that's not going to work. I'll I'll listen and think about it. Like, okay, that's not going to work. But, um, I mean, we you know, it's it's done. I I could we have made a better film? I don't know. With I know I haven't seen it. With with four, with <laughs> Until five, you have to see it. <laughs> an extra five hundred thousand dollars more. Who knows? We could have. Yeah, done, I mean, for what for gosh. what we did and with the you know really great help that we had from people with the Kickstarter. I mean, you know, we. I mean. We, I don't have the I don't have the reserves to have been able to pay for this whole thing. And it's not cheap, and, yeah. No, and, yeah. I mean, you know, the main the main thing is hiring some. You know, I, I I'm not I don't have editing skills. Ryan's got more editing skills than me, but we had to bring someone in to, you know, to edit it. I mean, they had to go through every interview, and every piece of footage and like start chopping it up and that. Right. And it took a long. Oh, it's time. so time. Speaking to someone that actually I have done that for money, and it's it's so labor intensive and yeah. time consuming like and it's luckily you know the, the guy did it craig craig mcgivlery is um he's a he's a friend uh old roommate of joey from acid king so okay it's like, you know he's some he's kind of in-house fantastic joey osborne and um he, he like you know he knew about that he's liked the band for a long time like you know hung out with them back in san francisco back in the day so having someone on board who kind of knew what was going to happen rather than just giving it to someone you know, I've never heard of these guys. I don't know. I'm gonna, but you, yeah, you're gonna pay for me to edit this thing. Um, Having a fan of the band was very important. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you're not gonna get. <laughs> I vaguely knows the story. You're not gonna you know. get Randy Razorblade off of the uh, Craigslist no, or whatever. No, I, I mean it was, it was great, and and you know that that was a, that was an expense that you have to pay for someone someone's weekly, hourly, weekly, monthly rate. You know, you got to pay that, and that was a big chunk of the money was getting that done because I. I don't have the knowledge to do it all the time. Neither was neither was at the time yeah. to do that. You know, there was it's so time consuming. Yeah, yeah, and and the thing is, as many actual filmmakers will say, you know, movies live and die based on the editing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, mean, if, you're, yeah. if you're the filmmaker and the editor, that's why you know, like, oh, well, yeah, no. it's taken me five years to do this. Like, well, okay. <laughs> did it need to really? Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, yes, it did. I have another job. <laughs> Well, so then that's, I think that's an interesting question. And we, we've sort of uh, explicitly talked about on, in, in the break and talked a little bit about like stuff that you have to leave out. Yeah. Um, well, like what's, I, I get, and I'll ask this to both of you. Uh, Ryan, you go first. Uh, what's, what did you have to leave out that just broke your heart where you're like, oh, I wish we could, wow, I wish we could fit that in. Oh, why can't we get that? But you had to leave um, out. The Kunkka stuff, the Mike and Melvins, I mean, I, we had to stop somewhere, and that was a really difficult line to draw. But, I mean, you got to stop somewhere. And uh, I, I worked for quite a while to get, you know, an interview with Mike, and I got it, and we couldn't put it in. So, I mean, it'll be in the extras. Yeah. Right, right. But that, 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 that was hard. Um, you know, th- we got so many good interviews. And some of these guys are only in for a soundbite or two. <laughs> right. And, you know, it, it, how the hell are you supposed to pack 30, 30 years into two hours? It's just completely impossible. So, I mean, yeah, that was a living one, I guess. But it is what it is. We had to draw the line somewhere, and we did. And, you know, it'll be there in the extras. Yeah, exactly. It's still going to be there for the fans when the, the inevitable DVD. I guess Blu-ray is the thing now that everyone's into, right? I don't know. Is that true? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're into lasers? <laughs> just, just, I'm really into lasers. I want to put it on laserdisc. Just, yeah, exactly. You know. Can we do that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm three inch. Well, track. hey, they they Melvin's did do that <clears throat> that live eight track. Yeah. I was there when when that was old. We were joking about that. Yeah. And so, how about you, Bob? What's your what's your heartbreaker of not being um, able to include? I th- I think just the expand, like people wanted to expand. You know, the expanding on what they wanted to say had to be stripped down for everybody. Right. It's of like, course. You know, the the main part of it is going to be Buzz and Dale talking about it because they're the two main guys that have been there. But I mean, the the, the weird thing was, I mean, as I say, I mean, we you know we had this three and a three and a half hour skeleton cut, and the first you know the first six years of the band was like a, it was like forty five minutes taken up. And it's like, well, wait a minute. In that time, they only made one record, one and a half records. <laughs> but there's so much history to tell. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it's like, you know, we have to we have to slim this down. You know, it's a big part of the story. But you know, talking with Mike Dillard and showing him around town and the, the you know, it's just it's like we got we got to we got to cut down on this because there's so much more during the '90s, the 2000s, the 2010-15s that needs to be in there. So it, it just the just the crushing it down really it's not that there's nothing missing it's just the expansion that people you know yeah. people really made some good conversations in there but you, you have to you have to chop it up a for the flow of the film and b so it's not five hours long so um yeah i mean we pretty much pretty much got everybody on the list that we wanted to get right right but um you know there's one specific person that's in every other film in the world that we didn't get because he didn't you know Thurston Moore David Frick stop having it close no <laughs> no not even because they seem like they're in every documentary no there's one particular come on Henry yeah. Rollins no really that's like, that's like the holy triumvirate of like dicks in every fucking documentary ever no, there's the king Tom Waits every music documentary you can think of this man has been in the last five years and it's not Thurston Moore it's not David Frick it's not Henry Rollins God he plays drums yeah, he plays drums better than he's singing. Plays. Oh, I know who. Should, <laughs> should I even say? I shouldn't say. Don't even say it. Don't even say. No, we it's, all. It's one of those. Lest he appear like Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the suspense. The, initial, the initials are D and G. Yeah. I mean, this. You know, this. This. He's ubiquitous. He may be on a musical freeway. Oh, you puzzled her here. I think we did just fine about him. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't want to speak the name. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. That, yeah. That I mean, you know, he, but it's eh. it's someone that I mean, when it comes down to it, the he's, <laughs> musical freeway is pretty good as a clue, by the way. He's not. He's musical not freeway. A, he's not a huge part of the story. He was around some of it, and it right. would have been good for him to you know talk about that and to recognize that you know if it wasn't for these guys, he probably probably wouldn't be. Sitting on a throne, yeah. Th- sitting on a throne in front of seventy-five thousand people every night. Um, <laughs> yeah, you think but, you want to give a little back, maybe? Um, also, come in the show, Dave Grohl. But we, you know, we 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 tried, we corresponded, and it didn't happen. You know, he's busy doing his own little TV documentary thing. So he's all busy. So, that, which is fine. You know, I. In hindsight, I think we're kind of cooler for not having that. Thing. It's. I'm sure, yeah. Well, and so, and, all right, We and we talked about... Yeah, I heard there's a Taylor Swift documentary. Oh, he's in that as well. Yeah, there or, he you is. Know, like, there he what? is. What? So, well, um, 
so then I guess the the, the follow up to the earlier question would be, you know, there's like what heartbreaking thing could you not include? But what thing were you just most psyched to be able to like put in? And I hope it's not gonna be like a spoiler situation. Um, no, I mean, I mean, you know, just Bob, you'll go first. Some of these people, you know, I'd already met before or, or whatever, but um, I, I I just I came up with the idea and said to Dale, I said, oh, I'm I'm gonna email Jeans. Gene Simmons is manager. He's like, yeah, really? You gonna do it? I'm like, yeah. Why not? Let's get him in. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. And so when I got the word back that he was up for doing it, and I mean that was a that was a huge, like, you know, I mean I'd met him before as a fan, like briefly at wherever, but yeah, just having like, wow, Gene Simmons wants he wants to be in this film. That's that's pretty, really cool. Yeah, that's really wild. Yeah, cool. And so so on a personal fan level, it was like you know that was that was you know. Amazing. Did you hear like trumpets and angels and stuff? And so, the what? <laughs> yeah. Did the, eye, the sky open up? Yeah. And Gene Simmons like floated down it, it, in like a white his, flowing uh, robe. His hat and baseball cap contraption nearly opened up, but his <laughs> uh, you know hairpiece. <laughs> but, just uh, so we're clear, that's a hairpiece you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. To know. And I think I think once 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 that interview is out of the way and like you know I told Buzz and Dale about, it, I think that was when Buzz was like. Wow, this guy's really fucking got this. <laughs> yeah, it's like this. This isn't like some these these jerks are making this movie. Yeah. This is like, oh no, this is like a for real thing. Like, what did he say? Yeah. What did he say? <laughs> I mean, they were oh, kind it's, of bust. It's crazy. It he said you had Impentago. It was wild. I don't know why. wanted to. He was actually going to come down. Ryan wasn't with us. It was just me and Craig, the editor we, we, in LA, and and Dale wanted. He wanted. He's going to come down and just hang out, and uh, he had to go do something that morning for an appointment, and and so. You know, he's like, well, he had oh, to do well, something other. Wait, yeah, it, it it was it was something kind of major. He's like, yeah, he's like, I can't make okay, it. Okay, all and, right, I won't give him grief then. And um, and then as soon as Gene walked, he's like, oh, where's the guys? Right. I was like, oh shit, shall I tell him? Shall I tell him that that he said that? No, they just big timed you, bro. So I, so I, <laughs> I told that to Dale after he's like, really? Fuck, fuck, fuck. damn, wish, wish I could have. Ah, okay, so so to me that was like a that was you know, that was a big. So how about Ryan? How about you? What's your What's your big like? Oh my god! I'm so stoked we got that. Um, Gene, obviously, even though like Buzz said, I wasn't there. I'm still very happy that we got him. Um, two of my favorite interviews, which we got done on the same day, and I was so glad to get him, was uh, Kevin Hermanis and David Yao. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they were both amazing. I, I so personable, and and they just opened up and talked for a long time, and they were great and. Um, might give away a little bit here, but we got to talk to the Melvin's namesake himself and getting him on camera. Oh, interesting. That was, that was all down to Ryan. That was, that was a really good one. I would never be able to pull that off. That's really cool because that's something that, of course, that's something that, you know, it's kind of like lore of, of I don't think, why they call themselves the Melvins. What? Why? Yeah, no one, no one really knew except for a, a newspaper article that came out in 1994 back in my hometown. I mean, oh, that wow. was as far as it really went. I mean, they said who he was, but no one had ever seen him or talked to him. And I worked with him way back in the day. I worked at the same grocery store that Buzz and Mike Dillard worked at you know, years later, obviously. But I worked with him and had a little bit of a relationship with him and his son. And it took about nine months, but I eventually got him. So I, I thought that was a pretty good get. I was really happy to have him. 
No, that's that's fantastic. And also, the <laughs> Gene Simmons in the in the chat box saying he's happy to help fellas. By the way, uh, FYI, I, I didn't realize that Gene Simmons was a fan of the show, but that's always that's impressive. It's, it's good to know. <laughs> And, yeah. and then he says something about himself. Right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. And then they think it's a link to yeah, Kiss yeah. Coffins. Who you, knew? You do realize Kiss is a number one uh, gold record holding record <laughs> band in the, in the U- just 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 announced. I think he said that four times during the interview. <laughs> Fantastic. That's good. That's that's that people will get famous. And that's why you pay an editor. <laughs> uh, but also, I think. You know, Ryan Ryan managed to hunt down Matt Lucan as well, the original bass player. And oh, fantastic! Yeah, he's was, he's pretty reclusive these that days. That was a right? really good thing to get. I mean, when yeah, people, he when, was hard to get. When people hear yeah, that, you're like, you got Lucan, you got Lucan, you got Lucan. Like, yeah, Lucan's in it. I mean, even Mark Arm from Money, like, you talked to Matt. Oh man, yeah. You know, so and I, I have to thank my friend Ryan Agner for that one. He's uh, he was able to hook that up for me, and yeah, that was. That was pretty shocking as well. That was my second interview too. So, <laughs> wow, pretty pretty fucking nervous going into that one. I I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean the the guy is uh, not. A, he's like pretty much the opposite of Dave Grohl. He's not in any anybody's movie. <laughs> he, no, like I mean, he, I have the impression of him as being this like off the grid sort of fella. Am I am I way off base with that? No, no, you're right. He, he very well in a sense in, in, in a bit of a sense but yeah you're not going to find him in too many movies or any right okay well that's that's fantastic that's that's great so and gosh i mean the 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 bass player pantheon is is so great you know there has to be like uh, did you uh, i mean it sounds like you you hit most of like the major ones especially if you got, if you got lucan on there did you i mean would did you get a chance to talk to lorax did you talk to Lori at all no no um I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get this out now. Um, we, we try, we try, you know, we kept trying to get Joe Preston involved, right? And he just, you know, he just wasn't into it. So, you know, you have to respect his decision yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, you know, he was gracious. Like, you know, I'm really sorry. You know, just I'm not. I'm just. It's not something I want to talk about. And then I tracked down Mark Dutram, and uh, I went down to Austin. I was in Austin and. I said, you know, hey, can we? Do you want to meet? And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's meet. Let's, you know, like to meet you, talk about this. And I, I sat down with him for about nearly two hours, and in a, in a campground outside of Austin, and we chatted about everything. And I mean, it would have been a, if if the camera had been rolling, it would have been perfect, you know, for to put in some <laughs> stuff there. But you know, right. I didn't have the hindsight to set up a secret video camera on a tree, like looking down on this table, you know, three hours earlier. Um, and he was vibing me out and you know the, these these guys have got a history together joe and lorax and mark and they have feelings maybe you know as the band as buzz and dale probably do about you know whatever happened from the departing and um he said you know you know you, you know hey it was great meeting you and chatting you know let me let me have a think about this and i'll i'll have a word with laurie as well because they, they keep in oh touch. they keep in touch okay and then, you know, I emailed him back and a couple of times he said, you know what, you know, Laurie doesn't want to be part of this. Um, you know, she's got her reasons. She right. just feels that she doesn't want to talk about this. And I'm with her as well. You know, there's some stuff, you know, it's mm. not water under the bridge. And, you know, I, I respect what you're doing. It sounds like it's going to be a good thing. And, you know, if you'd just like to say, hey, I declined to 
talk about it, that'd be great. Right. So he was cool. And then I bumped into him again in Austin. But I, I don't know, six months later, a year later, and he's like, you know, how's the film coming along? Well, oh, it's good, you know. You know. I mean, I'd, I'd love for these guys to be in there. Really. Yeah, I don't, but I don't have anything again, and I'm not, I'm not taking sides or anything. It would, and I said, I said to them all, I'm like, this is not a, it's not a dig in the dirt mudslinging film. <laughs> right. It's about your time in the film and yeah, any, and yeah. the good times that you did, and a couple of them feel that you know they didn't really have a good time, so mm. you just have to. It's, Take that and accept it. Yeah, so. there's not much you can say for that. No. Yeah, and if we would have waited to get them in the movie, there'd be no movie. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Not only would have been an eight-part miniseries, it would have uh, <laughs> yeah. would have never actually yeah, been completed. Yeah. Never <laughs> so, would have happened. You know, so. we, we flat out asked, I mean, apart from one-on-one with Laurie, you know, Mark did that through her, but, but they all just, you know, politely said, nah, I'd rather not be part of that, you know. Which you got to respect. I mean, totally, it's, totally. it's it's far better than just getting no answer. Yeah. Or, or just like someone giving the cold shoulder trying to, you know, Johnny big time you. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's far better. Yeah. I hate that. It's like. Why are you looking at me? Have I done that to you recently? No, I'm oh. just looking at you because you're sitting across from me. <laughs> okay. okay. Maybe. I, I, I kind of look back on the Mark thing. I thought, well, when I emailed him, I used my work email and maybe he clicked on my website and realized I do the Melvin's merchandise. So he's probably thinking, ah, this guy's a bit too in-house. I don't know. Mm. And I kind of thought, oh, I should have used a different email. But that's just me overthinking things. No, I mean, also, sometimes people just don't want to be a part of something because it's part of, they've changed and they've decided to leave yeah. it behind them. Right. I think that's often Yeah, no, it will. Experience. It's just, it's, yeah, they don't, they don't want to be. Again, like like you said, he he was like, "Hey, yeah. right on, good luck with it." But I'm not going to be. A but part then, of it. Others, you know, does Matt Lucan have much good to say about the period? Like, maybe not. <laughs> I can't. But, but I can't it. imagine that he does. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's but the he, other he side. wanted to do it, and it's like politely declining to save the genuine good nature yeah. of what you're doing yeah. instead of putting a tone that maybe wouldn't yeah. be the best for everyone. And not and. I think it was before. I think it was before I I met Mark. He they didn't. I think Revolver magazine had done an article about Stoner Witch, and he was interviewed on that. So it was like there was like quotes. So we pulled. You know, we're just like, all right, let's pu- just pull a couple of quotes from that. Yeah. To show, you know, because he's he still you know remembers good times about it, but right, right, but it's not it exclusively misery. <laughs> yeah. Just I mean, putting it on camera. Who knows? I don't know. You know. Right. Yeah, no, that's... It's a shame, you know. For that's the, what for you get when you make a documentary of a band that's been around that long, basically. That's, you know, not everything is going to be good yeah. times, I guess. Yeah. You know, not for everybody, anyway. But it's impossible. That's no. not how people are, or you life. You know, I think, I think it's, you know, someone like Kevin, you know, Kevin could have been the same, but he was graciously willing to be interviewed and explain what happened with him, and... You know, you gotta let these things go. You can't, you can't take this to the grave with you. Right, I mean, exactly. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's, this is stuff that happened twenty five, twenty six years ago, twenty years ago. It's like, all right. Well, and for both of them too. Like, if 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 your high water mark to the world writ large is time spent in a band that is considered by some to be one of the most formative and important times of that band and right. well remembered that's there's worse legacies to live yeah and i understand you know some there's a <laughs> lot of bands that consider the the couple of records that joe preston played on is like you know that's the that's the that the period. best period yeah but when all said and done it was only a year of the band's history <laughs> right and it's a small picture 
in the bigger picture. Yeah. So, you know, you can't you can't press too much t- on on a certain time period. Uh, one one of the other films I always wanted, you know, I always kind of thought about making was a, about a band called New Model Army from my hometown oh, yeah. in England. Yeah. And, and this guy made a film about them um, that came out last year, and I went back back to Bradford to see the premiere and. There was like a twenty-year chunk, you know. They're, they're the same kind of band. They they started out in eighty-one, right? And are still going today. They don't suck. They they never split they never, up. They never. They never. But there was a twenty-year period band. missing in the film, and I went up to the director after and said, "You know what? What? What do you?" I'd already heard this from the from my friend, the drummer. And I'm like, "Why? Why did you do that?" He's like, "Well, I had to cut it down. You know, the time time thing. You know, I had to keep it to ninety minutes." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> There's like a, it's like a pretty big, big gap of, missing, yeah. You know. <laughs> and then, and then I, I understand. I kind of got told it's like, well, yeah, he was a fan of the band when they were like real popular on top of the pops in the eighties, the late eighties, and he just wanted to focus mainly on that period. Right, right. So you can't, kinda... you know, you can't do that. Well, it's, I mean, you can't. It's, it's just disingenuous as a, yeah, as an mo. For you know, we're just going to do a record all about Lysol and Houdini because that's what you know the hardcore fans think of the Holy Grail. It's like no, there's you got to you got to cover the whole aspect of it. Well, yeah, and so that, and that kind of is a good segue to last question. And Ryan, I, I know you're not feeling so well, so I don't want to keep you on too long. But that's two, all right. We're good. Two two bar question, uh, really. One of which is. And you can consider this practice for all the hacky questions you're going to get in the inevitable press tour that you're going to be doing this. But uh, a, can you still listen to Melvin's stuff as music? And second part, if so, which I would imagine you can. Uh, what's your actual favorite record by the Melvins? So Ryan, you go first. Hey, yes, I'm, I'm never going to get sick of it. Jesus, I hope I don't anyway, but. There's so much to pick from now. I'll never get sick of it. Um, I grew up on this band, and you know, I, I cared enough, obviously, to having no idea what in the hell to do, start making a movie about them. Right. Um. That was part. What was, what was B? <laughs> I already forgot. I'm sorry. Uh, what's What's your favorite Melvin's record? Which is a question that uh, I I struggle uh, with and changes on a daily basis personally. So I can only imagine. For, uh, you know, yeah, um, you know I, I don't have a favorite. I, I'll just I'll give you the top three off the top of my head right now. Bullhead is where I learned about the Melvins, so I really really love Bullhead. Um, King of the Roman Empire was a record that just made me fall in love with them again. Just how strange it was. Um. Jesus, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Well, you got two out of um, the three that you assigned yourself, so that's that's pretty good. Two out of three ain't bad, yeah. I believe, as the saying goes. Is that a meatloaf yeah, song? I'll just, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll stop with those two right now. I, I can't pick a favorite. It changes all the time. I mean, just like the band changes all the time. Well, you go for the first two. I mean, you might as well just like you pick one out of a hat, my friend. <laughs> you also pick, like, uh, by the way, in the Pigs of the um, Empire, that's, that's a Westmore one. Yeah. So, well, Trace I, I really, really like that record. I when Mike came back and, and did some music with them, and oh yeah, maybe I'm a little biased, you know, because I was down there when, and I got to watch them record a few of those songs. But I, I really like that record. It was just it was a little, you know, bit of a departure back to the old stuff, you know, and I really enjoyed it. 
All right. Those are solid choices. Like, Pigs of the Roman Empire is not one I expected to hear, but that is a really good record. That uh, uh, Bloated Pope, that's a jam and a half. I love that song. Bloated Pope, Safety Third, the that, whatever it's called, you know. Yeah. It's a really, really good record. I really love it. Bob, you you had more time to think about it. Yeah, I've wiped I've wiped <laughs> every Melvin's uh, album off my iPod. It's, want, it's only Taylor Swift now, huh? I don't want I don't want to ever hear him again. Um, <clears throat> no, I mean I still listen to him whenever I need to. As, <laughs> I, whenever you need to, is that what you said? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, I you know I I keep. I every still time, listen to them at the contractually limited rate. I, I need to. I, I go. I go every time. I you know I go to Los Angeles. I'll go, I'll hang out with Dale. You know, go play golf or something. And like, did you get one of these yet? Like, no. Like, they'll give me like the new ten inch from Hazelmeyer or something else. Right. There's always. Like, there's always something. I can't fucking keep up with all this I, stuff. I, feel, oh, so, I mean, yeah. I'll go and see them. I'll always you know I go and see them live and they play these some of these songs live. But, but just keeping up with their output is just impossible. Yeah. It's it, there's a lot. You know, I, I got the mic of the mouth. That's why you can't just pick one record. Right, right. No. You can do like at least a top I mean, three. when it comes down to the, you know, what's your favorite? I mean, you know, I've never been into that thing um, of picking the ultimate thing. So you're just re- refusing the um, the premise of the question. Entirely. No, I mean, Houdini was the first record I bought when it came out. Right. Because in England, it was, it was you know, they you, you, it was pretty hard to get hold of their sure. records. So that was the first one that kind of got distribution. I remember going to the store and the, and the guy behind the counter was like, "Oh, you're just you're just buying this because Kurt Cobain's on it." Aren't you? I said, "No, actually, I'm buying it because it's got a Kiss song on it," which in 1992 <laughs> was not not the coolest he was move. Just like, what? For sure, yeah. Really? I'm like, yeah, and <laughs> walked away with it. So, you know that 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 and Stoner, which I think are like really great records. Mm-hmm. Um, digging into the earlier stuff's great. Pigs of the Roman Empire again. I thought is an amazing piece of music. I mean, it's not it's not a generic album. Yeah, it's very bizarre. And it's like a, it's in, actually, in a good I, way. I mean, <laughs> I actually put that on in the car last week to listen to it, and I was I was driving. Um, That's one of the less more Brenner, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. who's a is he still awake over there? Hi. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's a really I swear you're on crazy album. Um, it is, it, but it, then you know yeah. the, they do the as I say. I mean, you, they do all these weird things with Pincus and Paul Leary, and it's like well, that's cool. It's different, and you know I haven't really I haven't really dug too deep into the Mike and the Melvins record yet. And I played the bases loaded a few times, and um, you know just all these people. You know, you like the Trevor stuff. I mean, I, I remember going to see that one of the first shows he did with Trevor with the oh the, the Melvins Light stuff, yeah. And I was yeah, freak like, dude. That's another good one. Wow, I, this is insane. And it's funny you mentioned that because I, for some reason, I was, I guess I was real busy when that came out because I, I never actually listened to it. It was actually on the phone. Your fellow documentarian Ryan Sotherby, who actually got me listening to that record, where I was like, "Oh, this is really neat. Like, this is like a different kind of record." But I really <laughs> neat dug it. Yeah, neat. And there's a great. I may have even said that in that same sort of fifty style inflection. Yeah. Uh, and there's that great. Wings cover on there too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's a roll it. it's a really cool, like almost jazzy record. Yeah. Like if that makes sense. And that that's who else can do that and have it be good? Yeah. I mean a lot of the times <laughs> I, I'm listening I'm I'm hearing these songs for the first time live because just going you know, I don't I bring a record out so frequently. Right. It's just getting the time to sit down and listen to them and take them in. It's kind of difficult. And and also 
like the last the last time last few times I've seen him live has been it's been kind of an experience to not have a fucking camera in my hand <laughs> right it's a or up to my face it's like oh I can actually watch this show without running around trying to oh, let, let me try and get this image here <laughs> So so what so what I got from you for the actual answer to the question was Houdini, and then you kind of ripped off Ryan's answer for for yeah r- r- yeah. <laughs> so did you have a did you want to do top three? We should have like be top three. Uh, you can just point to some a record on the shelf. And... Just to be stupid, I'll say prick. <laughs> I don't think anybody would have put that in their top three, but you know. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. But I mean, this is the beauty of the Melvins that they're about to you know Hazelmeyer is about to re-release that record. It sure next is next month. And I'm sure everybody be cramming around trying to get a hundred dollar copy of it. Yeah, well, <laughs> who would have thought that back twenty years oh, ago when right, they did yeah. that record? Like, yeah, in twenty years' time, people are going to be paying a hundred dollars for a re-release of this. I have to say that is like the one I don't like. I even like Colossus of Destiny, but yeah, hmm. that's that's me. Hmm. I even like <laughs> the top three you don't like. Yeah, if I was going to do like bottom bottom one prick, huh? Right. Colossus of Destiny, I think I, I I think Colossus of Destiny has a good kind of uh, uh, almost zen out, um, zen out with your pen out, uh, some, <laughs> some kind no. of just very like 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 you if you it's almost like what people tell me they get out of metal machine music that I've never gotten, like I kind of have found with Colossus of Destiny that like I'm not gonna throw it on, yeah. But if I do, like it's kind of like if you're in the right mindset. Like if I was driving through Joshua Tree or something, it'd probably be perfect. Yeah. You know, it would be like, oh, this is the perfect. I really like Stag for the different elements they brought in. It's like, you know what? Would would these idiots at Atlantic are letting us do one more record? It's the okay. weirdest. It's the weirdest, to, craziest record. I just love it to bring in what they brought. Yeah. at that time of their career, it, and and it's that, some of that stuff is really, really good. No, really I, good I very, very much agree. So if I were since. I'm going to go forth with the, the rule set. Personally, I would say uh, Stoner Witch, Bullhead, and Senile Animal is actually probably my favorite yes. of all of them. Yeah. I think Senile Animal is... Well, that was, a, that was a, a new phase of the band. And, and to come back with that lineup and, and such a strong record... Destroyed is, my mind in a good way. Yeah. You know, I mean, A, to see it live, it's like, wow, wow, this is really good. But that record alone, it's like, it almost... They changed their sound in a way, like with the... Yeah. With Jared's vocals and the and the drumming thing, it was like. Well, and that kind of they it brought in, even though you know Toshi worked with them before on Hostile Anime Takeover, it really brought in like the 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 first sort of inclusion of these huge harmonies and like yeah. this big like this like this oncoming like where the vocals suddenly matched the rest of the music with yeah. this. Yeah, Buzz. I mean, tidal Buzz, wave coming towards you. Of, Buzz held <laughs> his own for so long. It's like, well, you know, this is great, but but you added that extra singing harm and they, you know dale as well yeah but, but adding the the jared oh and jared's in and so good at it too it yeah like, is that jared or Buzzer? you can't you know you sometimes can't, you can't right tell right because yeah. it's very so yeah i mean that was, that was a total reinvention that worked so i think uh we're gonna mm-hmm. yes it did mm-hmm. i like it a lot and i i that's the one i'm not a big collector scum vinyl dude but i i do wish i would have picked up one of those limited edition senile animals when they came out just because it is one of my favorites and i I, I didn't for some reason i'll flip you one (laughs) five thousand dollars bro price (laughs) melvin's flippers there's a lot of them around melvin's flippers.net.com is porn i don't know why (laughs) i want to do a super limited 
version of the DVD when it comes out. We should we'll, do like a like I'll hand screen em. cases, like the new Wu Tang album. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tell it, sh- tell, tell it to sh- it's t- gonna have every interview and every live piece of footage on it, and it's gonna sell for a million. Sell it to Martin Screlly. Seven is that what the guy's name is? Screlly. Yeah. Screlly. That terrible human being and, about the Wu Tang thing. And then me and Ryan oh. won't have to work ever again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys got the retirement package yeah. sorted, huh? Somebody's gonna flip it. <laughs> Someone's gonna flip it. Why not me? <laughs> uh, so I think we're gonna we're gonna take a little break, play a song, and come right back. Um, Ryan, any 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 parting words? I know you're you're not feeling so hot, so I, w- I don't want to keep you from being sick. No, no, I'm, I'm doing okay right now. I had a I had a bourbon, so I'm feeling better. Oh, he's on the whiskey. <laughs> okay, uh, so. Yeah, very good, very good. So we'll be right back. We're going to be uh, listening to uh, Dr. Mule. This is uh, Dr. Mule by uh, some some band called the Melvins. I think they got a future. And uh, we'll be right back.
All right, so here's the part where it claps for a while. There's like a noise, then the noise kind of goes down, and then we're back. All right, so that was Dr. Mule by the Melvins. And then there's a, this is the, the, the arrhythmic clapping here, where it just gets all uncoordinated. <laughs> it's a good move. I like They're it, actually. They're still clapping, though. They're still clapping. It's <laughs> a lot of motivation. Keep clapping. What's, what's, a, what's a punchline to a joke? Keep on clapping in a free oh, no. world. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a joke so much as a career misstep. But actually, that's a good song. I like that one. I was thinking, is that is that with Pearl Jam? Uh, I, don't I don't know. I can't remember. What? Neil Young, the Keep on Rocking the Free World. We're back on air, by the way. No, he he did it. He, he did it on his own. It was he did it with. I think he did no, that was he did it with Crazy Horse first. I was think. that um. Uh, mir- uh, the one with the mirror ball on it. I think I think it was called Mirror Ball. <laughs> no, it wasn't. that was the album with Pearl Jam. But that that is that not am I, am I, free wall, am I remembering this wrong? Okay, no, you're yeah. not making things up. I'm sure I will get. A, I'm going to get so many emails about this. I guarantee you. I tried to get Neil Young for the film as well, but <sighs> well, because uh, Dale played him in that one video. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, because I, I actually I worked for him for ten years. Oh no, so kidding! I, oh. So I know him. So you've been and to his house, maybe? I've been to his house a few wow. times. I go to hockey games with him. Cool. Well, hello. Hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> you just held on to and that I information. One, I, like, I, I mentioned it once. I'm like, you know, I showed you the uh, the can you can put your gilded cane into, right? Okay. Over there? Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, but I wanted to do a little <laughs> That's skit. That's fantastic. I wanted to do a little skit where, it's, you know, Neil just like thinking about it. Like, yeah, I remember that guy. He wrecked one of my cars in that video. Do 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 like dream just, sequence. It just didn't, you know. Just I thought you were gonna the right si- time, the right place. Like eh. I, I kept saying, like, shall I ask? Nah, I'm not gonna do it now. I thought I thought you were gonna say like a uh, like a skit where Buzz is at the at the studio and then Neil Young comes in to start playing drums. Right. That would be harder. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a lot harder, maybe. Oh, but to be fair, it'd be pretty funny. Yeah. But um, yeah, it would have been, you know, just. I mean, I'm, I know I know some people know about Dale being in that video, but it, it's certainly funny to see. It is kind of something that's like lost, a little bit lost in history. Like yeah. I, I, yeah. I think for a long time it wasn't on YouTube. I think he had some beef with Warner. I don't know for some reason some of his videos weren't on YouTube, so you couldn't see. Oh, it really? Until okay. recently. But then you see it, and it's like, oh, that's Dale. Look at that. Okay. He's all, all busy with that pony player or whatever. It's, whatever it's, what's it called? Yeah. Pony? Pony? Pono? Pono? Pono, Pono the future of music. Whoa. Well, that's a good voice. <laughs> and it's like a triangle, isn't it? It's like, it's a, like a Toblerone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah the Toblerone candies, yeah. They're good. This is their good chocolate. I just, good. you know, once you get, once you got going with that, like, you know, yeah, you know, analog, that's so, you know, that's how we record these. He's like, oh, God, don't set him off on this. <laughs> just send him down that, send him down the road, huh? <laughs> Can I get me one of those Toblerones you got? <laughs> uh, that, that music player looks delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so sumptuous. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I love him. And his son, Benny's great. He, he, I go to I go to the hockey games with him still. And who's he? Who's he sport? We go see the Sharks. He's, he's a Sharks so guy. We were, you know, I went I went to a, a Stanley Cup final game. Oh, that's right. Game. That's why you had to blow off the show. Yes. One more. Yes. <laughs> Not that I took it personally. <laughs> yeah. 
personally enough to mention it later. Yeah, exactly. A person enough to be a dick about it. Don't worry. Got that covered. <laughs> yeah. Hockey. Hockey's the new football. But you guys were, you guys were, uh, it got pretty far. It was uh, right in the playoffs, yeah, I mean, wasn't they, it? Yeah. No, we got to the final. There was finals. Finals. Yeah, two yeah, games yeah. of winning. Sports. So, yeah. Sorry. And then everyone failed. Yeah. Well, That's and it was, it was the Sharks and the Warriors both at and the same time. And they both failed. Yeah. They're big failures now. It's an inter- interesting digression. Having nothing to do with the movie. Uh, so. Well, no, it's the Melvins. And we could always talk about baseball. Yes, they do. They do. They do like their baseball. <laughs> I, I take you're not a baseball fan. So no, Ryan, I, I am. I'm a Yankees fan because I lived in New York for a bunch of years. Okay. Gotcha. How about you, Ryan? Are you a baseball fan at all? No, not really. Um, you're I've a, fo- tried. You're a you know, football, football fan, aren't you? Football, yeah, football mostly. American football. I was just going to say it. Like, yeah, is American. That... <laughs> it's important distinction. American football. Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the other countries they call it like football or something different. The other countries. You mean the, every the, country the except other America. countries. <laughs> every other country. Yeah. The, the other countries. The yeah. other yeah. countries that consider you know. Those, those other freedomless countries, they uh, more <laughs> looked yeah. after than most other sports. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about any of it. Just <laughs> FYI, because that's real important to note. But you know, it's it's interesting that, that and that is a thing though that there there's I've noticed at least out here, like it's not so much in the Midwest, but there, there's kind of like a disconnect between like the rockers and like sports fans in a lot of ways. That or at least there were for a long time, and I don't know if just my friend group changed or what, but it kind of seems like it's sort of like nobody really cares as much anymore, which right. is good because what a dumb thing to care about about yeah. like you know oh you like sports oh jock whatever blah blah blah. I mean I don't care about it, but I don't make it, I'm not a dick about it. Yeah. I'm just a dick about other things. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Pick your battles. Exactly. Pick your battles. Exactly. Thank you, Brenna. Speaking of picking battles, Uh-oh. how are you? How are you going to? Because you've got a bunch of West Coast dates coming up here, right? You, you got yeah. San Francisco, uh, and and again to, to recap, San Francisco, July eighteenth. Uh, you can finally get tickets for. I'm told tonight. My producer is telling me that we uh, live tonight. It's going to be live tonight. Then uh, Portland, Oregon, the Hollywood Theater, July twenty second. Seattle, Washington, the Grand Illusion Cinema. Isn't the Grand Illusion a Sticks album? No. Think to something different. I thankfully would not be. I'm pretty good at rock and roll trivia, but when it comes to sticks, Chicago, Ario Speedwagon, and Foreigner, don't ask me. I'm fascinated by sticks. I don't like it's them, weird, a lot but I'm fascinated by them. You know, a lot of Americans really like that band. I, I, England, I, we, we, you know, I knew the name, but we, they never had a hit single in England. So sticks is almost objectively terrible, yeah. but they are fascinating to me in the fact that they are real life Spinal Tap. Doctor, Mister. Mr. Doctor was the hit single. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Doctor. <laughs> you're thinking of uh, uh, Mr. Roboto. Mr. Roboto. Yeah. Mr. Doctor. <laughs> you know their song, uh, Doctor, uh, Mr. Doctor? Because that's such a great song. No, it's... Well, the, the, he had the best... Uh, the one hair farmer guitarist who quit after that album of the two hair farmer guitarists. This is like... A, hair I just, farmer. I just couldn't... Yeah, hair farmer, Brenna. Yes, that's, that is Does the Does every interview you do turn around to sticks? He... <laughs> Well, this no, this is this is just so I can tell this last thing that he, that he had the greatest pull quote. I just couldn't sing any more songs about robots. 
Okay. Gotcha. Okay. There you go. Uh, anyway, having nothing to do with sticks or whatever that name of that record is, Seattle, Washington, the Grand Illusion Cinema, July twenty third and twenty fourth, two showings. Because that's night. a little place. It's a little place. We thought let's do a bunch of different showings. Then uh, in Los Angeles, the Don't Knock the Rock Film Festival at Region Theater, July twenty seventh, and that's got a short Q and A. You were saying kind of situation going on there. Yeah. All right. Then uh, Minneapolis. And the band band are going to play. And they're playing, too. Okay. Thank you, fact-checking cousins. Uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. They're going to do a Sticks cover set. (laughs) Weirdly, it's a a set of Sticks songs. Who knew? Uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. That would be an amazing troll, by the way. (laughs) Just You're you're looking to be like, oh, what are they going to play? Is it going to be Night Good? It's like, no, they're going to play Lady by Sticks, which is actually (laughs) one of the least odious of those songs. Uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Grumpies, August 12th. There's two showings for there. Minneapolis, Grumpies, uh, former guest of the show, Tom Hazelmeyer. Great place. Great burger. Great food there, too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've, I've never I've never been out there for a, for a Melbourne show. I've only ever been to Grumpies just for a drink and a bite. Yeah. It's a good so, place just to hang. Yeah. Like and Tom's, welcome- a, you know, Tom's a cool guy. He's, a good, you know, he's like, why are you going to get your ass out here? And, you know, all right, this time. It's yeah, funny, to me, he always says, when are you going to get your ass out of here, is what yeah. he says to me a bit. Yeah. Right. You're a different personality. It's a different, it's a different thing. It's a different type of personality. Different situation. Yeah. He's very dry. I, 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 I love that I, guy. I, um, He's I, a good dude. I recognize his dryness. Las Vegas, Nevada. Psycho Las Vegas? Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah. August 26th to 28th? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of bands playing that are hugely influenced by the Melvins, and... It's gonna. I think it's gonna be a good opportunity. As soon as I saw that line, I was like, "I'm gonna get in touch to see if they want to show the film." It's, it's just. I think it's when you've got a core audience in one place for for three and a half days. Right. It's like let's yeah, get, it's, let's get this out there just to be seen, and you know I'm sure a bunch of the band members are gonna want to jump in and see this thing. So I mean, I I, I wish I would have thought about it. I, you guys could have shown it at the Bureau of Barbecue in Chicago just recently, but that didn't didn't occur to me yeah. until right the second where I'm speaking. And there'll be more, you know. There'll be definitely more to come. I mean, it's just a case of yeah. So that, so that's what that was the. Be patient, you know. I mean, it's it's basically trying try and get it out on the big screen as much as we can. Right. You know, I I I, I submitted it to half a dozen film festivals, and you know, the three that got the three that already got back were like, oh, you know, the competition was really grand, and but then I look at I look at the list that they've do show and everything's around the 90 minute 95 minute mark so it's right. like okay well obviously two hours is too long for your dinky little film festival and and then, crazily enough sailing away the story of sticks went out yet yeah. again yet again yeah. <laughs> keeps missing out um so i just kind of thought you know what we don't we, you don't really need fil- film festivals are, i think of things that need to get put out to try and get help with. Right. Because there's right. a hardcore fan base already in place, the grassroots is there, you don't need to a film festival to get it to them. You know, in this day, everything's changed. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, oh, you're going to make a film? Yeah, right. How's that going to happen? Right, right. You know, oh, I've got to move to Los Angeles to make a film and start sucking cock and waiting at Mel's dining to try and make a movie. <laughs> Those days are long gone. And any... You know, yeah, Freakazard can make a film now, as we've just proven. So, Every, everything Bob and I have done up to this point has all been DIY. Right. And 
everything, you know, and we're still doing that. And all these, uh, all these screenings, all these showings, it's just him and I calling theaters, setting shit up. Yeah. And we've, we've gotten a ton of inquiries from all around the world. And it's, you know, we, again, we're still, we're doing all this on our own dime. We had the Kickstarter, but all that went into the movie. Right, all these yeah. Shows are on our own dime to fly to these places and, and show the movie. So, and yeah. people are really interested to have it all across the states and across the world, but it's, it's really hard to do right now. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those. Let's 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 command it ourselves for the first few months get it out and you know try and be physically there it's like i don't i don't want to be shipping out copies so that someone can you know show it 50 times somewhere and, <laughs> right you know, yeah it gets put up on you know bootlegged already and guess what's already on youtube yeah yeah, yeah. Um, this is our thing we want to be there we want to make it personal yeah it's a uh, it's personal for both of us and I, i'm i'm gonna be at all of these ones we've got in place right now ryan's gonna try and be at most of them i'll be at most of them and so far and then you know, the, like the East Coast, like all right, well, where can I, where can I slot? You know, let's do a week on the East Coast and try. Yeah, to yeah, slot sure. Like I mean, you could do like a New York. I mean, and you know, oh, we want to show it in Amsterdam. We want to show it in Finland. You know, we we have a we have a twenty seat theater in in you know somewhere in Georgia, <laughs> Bolivia. Like, uh, okay, <laughs> well, we want to try to get it to more people than that, but we understand. So, but hey, are they are they paying your tickets? I mean, I well, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, uh, you know, I I need to go and visit my folks back in England at some point this year. So if it's a case of, all right, I'll go back for two weeks, and for a week I'll go show it at a couple of places in the UK, maybe go to Paris, maybe go to Berlin, you know, Amsterdam, try and do that, like do a week of screenings like that, and then I can go go and visit my folks and come back. So it's like... It's a twofer. It's just weighing it up, you know, know, not having the money to fly, you know. Oh, bring it to Australia. Sure, I'll be there next week. Just yeah. come down with my little bag with a DVD. I'm copy jumping on the Melvin jet now. You know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll both. You know, it's it's one of those. There's a, there's a there's got to be a patient patience factor, and, and being the Kickstarter, and a lot of people are waiting to get their copy of it, either on a download or a, or a DVD. It's like I don't want you know we don't want to cheapen it and just get it straight out there. It's like you know it's it's a film. It's you, right when you see it on a big screen and and. And speakers, it's a whole different experience. So that's what I always tell Lindsay. She's she's not she's she's not a big movie goer in in the going to the movie theater. And I'm I'm like it's a different thing when yeah. it's especially when it's something that well, I'll wait for it to come out on yeah DVD or, or whatever. It's like yeah, sometimes that's okay, but you know, if it's something that's music got music in it or it's very visual, it's like you got to go see it on a you know. And I've always been a big fan of independent movies, you know, since day one. Right. And I don't, you know, who knows what might happen with the, I mean, Alamo in San Francisco is a Texas company and they have a big network of movie theaters of their own and, and partner ones. So, you know, if they were to come and say, hey, you know, we, re- we really like this film. We want to show it in these cities around America. It's like, all right, let's talk. Um, right. Because they are an independent thing. But yeah, it's it's not the same as. Yeah, like you know, like, hey, corporate, Cinemark, corporate you know. mega. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know, let's, let's let's go to showcase cinemas and see it in some mall. It's like mm, that's so, not going to happen. We're not, you know, it's not, it's not. So where's the break point with that? Like, where where do you say like, all right, everyone, here's your here's your DVDs, well, here's your Blu-ray. Originally, we sort of said, you know, yeah, after the summer, and then it, and it's like you know, sometime around October, 
and then we kind of said like October to December. I, I would like I would like people to physically have it in their hands before the end of the year, right. because you know they wait around, they put money into it, and so you know they they should get theirs in the mail. I think I put money into it, didn't I? I'm trying to I think remember. You, you did five dollars, and you don't get a copy. So you, oh, did I? You just, <laughs> I think you got. I think you got a. You got a Vinnie Vinnie Palacey live live song. <laughs> That's right. Uh, um, guess I got to go so yeah, see I mean, it live. I want I want to make you know we got to make sure the Kickstarters get it in their hands first, and then then we can you know start selling it and get it up on some um, online thing, which. You like know, again, a Netflix again, or a yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not rushing like into that. this one step at a time. It's like you can you can do all this DIY now. You don't right. need to rely on you know. Well, who's doing your distribution? It's like, well, I don't know yet. You know, well, people, right now we can just do it ourselves and get it up there and, and reap the benefit. Or and that's what people remember that it's two of us doing right. this. That's it. You don't have a team. You don't have like a company. No, it's, it's no. Just two guys that have day jobs. Yeah, I mean we exactly. have you know some for the publicity thing that that ro- that's going to start rolling out now. And we use we're using Speakeasy PR, which is the same yeah. company that you know Monica does the Melvins and Tool and Faith No More. So yep. it's like you know she has that Good core people. audience, and she's going to you know now that these screens are coming out, she's going to be helping helping us out with some of the press for that. And you know you need you need you do need some help because you know Facebook ain't helping you anymore. It's like you know, <laughs> no, as, soon, as soon as we as soon as we <laughs> But you know, I, I don't know. I've learned now that you know what I've learned that that you know if if they think you're making some kind of money, they're going to shut you down. Not shut you down, but they're going to really chop your legs off. They're, they're going to look. They, they want a part of. They want a piece of that. Money. And that's what happened exactly. with the they Kickstarter. You know, every day it's like, hey, we got a Kickstarter and sh- share this, and yeah. and you go and click on someone's share, and it's only gone out. You know, there's only one person liking it. You think, yeah. well, wait a minute, this ain't right. Yeah, people aren't seeing it. So they, you know. They should have come up with something early on where it's like, hey, if you're making a film or you're putting a record out, how about we charge you $10 a month to go to this certain scale and you can put out whatever you want, you know, rather than, you know, they, I mean, they won't admit it, I'm sure, but they're chopping, they're chopping your toes off. Mm-hmm. You know, Maybe just, it's jealousy. It is jealousy. Yeah. They're not making any money. <laughs> right. Ex- yeah, exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> every time I see, every time I see one of those adverts on their page, I always click on it. <laughs> Always. Yeah. And how come when I'm looking myself. on Amazon and wanting to buy something and I go to Facebook, there's always an Amazon post jumps up with the same pair of sneakers I'm looking at buying. Mm-hmm. Sneaky. Sneaky data mining. Yeah. Yeah, that that is that's a very real thing. So. Well yeah, I heard an interview on PBS with the guy that invented that platform or developed it. He sounded like a mosquito, actually. Yeah. It was very strange. Like, yeah. very hyped up about what he was doing. So, you know, there's, there's ways of getting it out there. There's the social media that we can, you know, if you word it right, you can try and get it out there. And um. <laughs> Which that's, that's what we've come to. Like, the internet, this incredible communication tool for, to, like, touch every human being and, like, provide the, the greatest you know, free market of, of conversation like ever created in the world. And it's like, well, if you put it this certain way and put it on a picture and like post it these certain times, someone might see it. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I mean, even with the help Lovely. of the band, I mean, even with the help of the band's, you know, their official Facebook page, you know, I, I, I can post things on there 
and you know you're like well it's only gone out to like it says seven thousand people were reached and they right. have they uh, have two hundred fifty thousand right. people it's like yeah. oh that doesn't seem right so you know we can only do what you can do right now and hey you know it, once it's getting out there and press people come and see the film at the screenings and write about it and the word gets more out there you know someone might come knocking and go hey you know we want to we want to put this out on sure. netflix we want to show you know we want to put this out on whatever it's like okay i mean i know the um i think the amrep film just got signed up for hulu I think, oh fantastic that's week. great so you know it's it's all about that it's our little baby and we don't want to just give it away to people right now that's understandable you know and it would have to be something that's worthwhile you know it's not it's it's again it's like not signing a deal with a big label it's like let's let's work this out and well and much like the melvins themselves you guys are doing it on your own terms yeah, yeah. which is great and it's that's to be commended and uh, you know i think it's a, that's a good place to be it's a laudable place to be yeah so, I guess, so, you know, I think everybody will be able to have a copy in their stocking by Christmas. <laughs> okay, it's good. <laughs> Santa Claus is going to be it's riding... Gonna, it's going to be a very Melvin's Christmas. A colossal reindeer this year. Colossus's, <laughs> Colossus's Col- reindeer. <laughs> Colossus of reindeer. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, I guess the uh, last thing, we're, we're uh, going to be closing out shortly here, but... Uh, you you spend a lot of time with this material, with these guys, with with this this incredible career that they have. Uh, I, I like both your answers. Uh, what what have you? What's like the greatest, most interesting thing that you've learned that you did not know before embarking upon this endeavor? Ooh, pretty good. Right? Good question, Conan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Brenna. Uh, Ryan, you want to go first? thing I have not known before. Um, how hard they work, I think. I, I, I had a really, I had a once in a lifetime opportunity to see them in the studio recording some tracks. And I, holy shit, they, they were so fast and professional and on point. It was ridiculous. And I, I watched them go from an idea to a fully fleshed out song, fleshed out song in three hours. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Done. And it was recorded, and, and they're complete professionals. And you know, I know that's something that not very many people are going to get a chance to witness. But Jesus, I, they were so good, and that, that's really stuck with me over the last couple of years. How just how professional they were. And how fast they knock things out, and how nice they are. And it's everyone talks about how how cool they are. They are. They're professional and they're great. They're, they're good people. So I think that's what I take away from it. It's a good takeaway. Bob, how you? What's your answer? Uh, I think finding out how much of a love for Cracker Barrel Dale has. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That is surprising. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I'm exaggerating that. No, I've been in Cracker Barrels with him before. It's almost like, you know, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, we're in Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I get really excited. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I used to get excited, but I was a kid. Um, so is it that type of excitement? Like a kid? Yeah. I mean, he also like, he really likes going to Disneyland. So. Yeah. It's, he's mm. a big, big Disney dude. Little Dale just never. He's just a little boy. He's a little, <laughs> little boy. Um, 
I mean, I've been around those guys a lot, you know, even before this film. I mean, I, I, I've known them a while and they're friends and I, I'm an admirer of the, what they do. So um, I don't know if there's anything that like jumped out at me from making the right. film that I, I didn't really already know, but um, I don't know. Just, I mean, it's just amazing that they, they let us do this and we're willing to open up and have the access and have, have the access yeah. you know i mean I, dale dale handed me two cartons of with 60 vhs tapes and said here have this you know <laughs> and just a whole and bunch while of you're at it, can you digitize it because i don't have room for it in my closet anymore <laughs> <coughs> sounds about right so you know there's all these live shows that people had filmed over the years because they were always very open like you know yeah you can film us but you know just make sure you give us a copy Right. back in the day so there's a lot of lot of footage that hasn't been seen a lot of it that's on youtube but it was a big help you know just wow his 60 vhs tapes of stuff from all through the late 80s 90s and yeah. 2000s that we could pull little things from and that, that's, you know, that's 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 if a, you filmed it and you don't have a credit Sorry, public domain. We don't know who half yeah, of these exactly. people were that did this. You know, it's 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 Melvin Domain now. It's like a, a copy was given to them. And, you know, we're not we're not making we're not making money. Eminent Melvin. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those. You know, we're not making a ton of money off of this or anything. So it's not. Right. It was just his footage. You know, use what you can, and and there's some cool stuff that people haven't seen yet, and. The the one the one hard thing was trying to find footage from really on early on, um, in the in the early eighties. Like, there's nothing. There's really nothing much out there. And right. We, you know, we asked, and you know, oh, they might know. Oh, they might know. It's like, no, no, I don't think that guy lives here. I think he died. I, I, mean, I I'm gonna be honest with you. Like full full disclosure, I tried myself, and like my my two. I was like, oh yeah, they got it. Nope, yeah. nothing. I was like, oh yeah. All right, there you go. Well, I I tell you what. Uh, I am excited to see this movie. Yes, and I encourage everyone. A else week on to see Monday, it as well. San Francisco. A week on Monday. We're in San Francisco. The new Mission Theater. Well, Brenna, which is on Mission <laughs> and Twenty Fourth, I think. It's the added. new Mission Theater. Yeah, it's a really cool theater. Mm-hmm. They did uh, this company from Texas called Alamo Draft House. Oh, the Alamo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Alamo. So that's the, July eighteenth. I was like, and the new can Mission drink Theater has been open in years. At the same time, so you can, you know, if you mm-hmm. you can crack on a Caesar salad and drink that, they have really good chocolate and dandelion milkshakes. Wow, dandelion. Yeah. Chocolate and dandelion. Yes. Huh. Oh, that's terrible. Dandelion chocolate. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. It's really good. And um and, and you know, you can drink, so it'll be you know, don't get too drunk and start yelling start at the screen. Whoa, why is that so Where's I was cut out of this movie? Yeah. That's, and then, you know, that's like Portland, Seattle, LA. Portland, Seattle, LA, Minneapolis, and Las the Vegas. rest of you we will try our best to bring it to your big screen. They'll get to it when they get to it, people. Yeah. And that's the show, guys. Uh, Bob, Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. It's, uh, it's been great having thanks you. Thanks for having us. If you want to find out more, you go to melvinsmovie.com or uh, it's, it's, it's on Facebook, as we've complained about plenty. Uh, and I think that's just the full thing, right? It's Colossus of Destiny and Melvin's, Melvin's Tale. If yeah. I correctly. I could have looked this up beforehand, I suppose. But... Facebook.com forward slash Melvin's Tale. And gotcha. Twatter is Melvin's movie. As Melvin's well, movie. I was going to mention that. 
And um, yeah, come by and say hello at the showings. You know, I mean, I'm, I think there's gonna be some kind of like Q and A things going on at some of them. So don't ask too much hard questions. <laughs> don't, you know, don't, don't ask too many hard questions. It's gonna be late after the show. It might be a little late. Like, <laughs> Keep it light, fair. Keep it sticks oriented, really. Um, yeah, and uh, go check that out. Keep keep appraised of showings if you do not live in one of those areas or can I get to one of those areas very good uh, this show is called Protonic Reversal I don't have the thing I don't have it on I forgot to turn on no okay. things no things we do this show Thursdays 8pm Eastern 5pm Pacific on none other than Radio Nope pleased we are to bring this show to you Mm-hmm. Got anything, Bruh? Anything coming up? Lots of things. Appearing at the Chuckle Hut. Or not something? enough. Not enough time to tell all the things. <laughs> that's that that that's for future shows then. Future. I've got. Yeah. Um. No show next week. There's some cool stuff coming up. There's a lot. To, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Well, you know where to find us. Uh, uh, what's the damn website? Oh, RadioNeutron.com. <laughs> Shit. Radionope.com. Radionope.com. <laughs> uh, we're on Facebook. Fuck. You think I'd be better at this by now? <laughs> uh, if you can figure out how to rate us on iTunes, do so. Mm-hmm. Theme song's long. Suck it. Can you hear me now? Guy. Suck it. Yeah, what I'm here to say is suck it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, catch you later. Catch you later. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. 
special girl! It's the, it's the end of radio! The last announcer plays the last record! The last what? Leaves the transmitter! Circles the globe in search of a listener! Can you hear me now? broadcasting if there's no one there to receive it's the end of radio as we come to the close of our broadcast day Radio.